This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show, we're here at the Las Vegas Aces facility. They partnered with Nevada Health Centers to provide affordable mammography screenings. They have the mammo van outside, and I think everything is wrapped up at this point. But uh, it's been a really good event all day long being here, just kind of giving back to the community. And uh, the ACEs partnering up with Nevada Health Centers is a big deal, uh, giving back to the community, something that's obviously very important, something that needs to be done. And, and they've been very active uh, all day long today. And, of course, our sister stations as well have been involved here at the, radio, or at the, at the facility. So I'm um, closing things up, closing up shop here at the facility today. We're right next to the Raiders facility where I was at earlier today. It was day three of training camp was going on. Tomorrow will be day four. They'll have a day off on Sunday and then be back at it on Monday. Got some more sounds that I want you to hear. Earlier today we were playing some sounds from Hunter Renfro who was uh, at, at the uh, in the media room, you know, and he, he met at the podium and uh, had a lot to say. I, I really thought he uh, said a lot, but before we get to some more sound from him and also Andre James uh, and also Jacoby Myers, I did want to go and hit, hit the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r I got a couple texts that I want to make sure to get through. Uh, Cucamonga Raiders said, Q, happy Friday to you and all of Raider Nation. I'm tuning in a little late. I don't know today's topic, but I want to know if it's possible to get a birthday shout-out for my little boy Ryan while we sit here in traffic listening to you guys. He's only nine, but he bleeds the silver and black. So shout-out to to Ryan, that's uh, awesome. It's great to uh, see that you're listening uh, with your pops. And also, happy birthday to you, my man. So, uh, Cucamonga Raider, thanks so much for the text. And the subject that we threw out there, what are the expectations for Hunter Renfro year two in uh, Josh McDaniel's system? And then who do you believe are going to be starters in the secondary? Talking about the outside corners when it comes to uh, Marcus Peters. You know he's got one spot down. Uh, as long as he's healthy, and then who's going to be across from him and who's going to be in the slot. So a couple different subjects I threw out there, but you know you can always chime in with whatever you want at 69187, keyword R&R. Lois Raider hit us back and said, did I say Marcus Epps was wearing number 24? I meant Marcus Peters. Tell Raider Nation I said my bad for the mix-up. Marcus Peters, 24, go Raiders. And I think, Lois Raider, thanks so much for the text. I think you did say Marcus Peters. I at least knew what you meant. <laughs> so if you didn't, at least I knew what you meant. I'm sure Raider Nation did as well. And, yeah, Marcus Peters is definitely wearing that number 24 out there. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, he hopefully he lives up to that number. Uh, that is a special number in the history of the silver and black, uh, especially when it comes to the cornerback position and even when Marshawn Lynch was rocking it at the running back position. But, uh, yeah, hopefully he's able to uh, live up to it. And if he can be, you know, just a guy that's a solid corner, for the Raiders, that would be good because they just have, have struggled. Uh, a lot of people have talked about Casey Hayward and maybe Marcus, uh, maybe you know, Marcus Peters can have that Casey Hayward type of effect that he had when uh, he joined the Raiders, and that would be good. Casey Hayward was the best corner that they had that year, and uh, really kind of brought that veteran leadership and and uh, you know helped them helped them out uh, uh, quite a bit again from that cornerback position. So hopefully Marcus Peters can have that same effect. Rob in Oakland hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R, .com text sign. Say, Kenneth Murray delivered a savage helmet-to-helmet hit on Renfro. When Hunter came back, I felt like he was unsteady on his feet and lethargic. He may have had lingering effects from that hit uh, for longer than we know. Maybe that had him doubting himself. He's got some stiff competition for playing time this season, and Tucker has more acceleration and explosiveness. Hunter already sounds resigned, uh, resigned in, the inter- in the interview. Uh, Rob, that's Rob in Oakland. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of competition at the slot slot position. 
slot wide receiver position. And I'll say this, uh, Trey Tucker, he's made some tough catches the last couple of days. You've seen him out there making some, some nice plays and, again, not going to overreact. It's not in pads. It's not going up against anybody, but just laying out and making some, some plays. And he has plenty of ex- uh, acceleration, as you mentioned, explosiveness as well. So uh, there's definitely that. So, uh, yeah, that's, there's some good stuff. We definitely appreciate that feedback, Rob. It's always great to hear from you. Now, a couple more sound bites from Hunter Renfro uh, as we're here in the third hour of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. So here it goes, uh, Hunter Renfro talking about progressing into year two. Yeah, I mean uh... – just from the spring and the verbiage and, you know, going through these first few days of camps, camp, these first few installs, uh, everything is so much more smooth, so much, uh, f- so much more familiar. And, um, and the guys are familiar, the coaching staff's familiar, how they coach. And so I um, feel like I'm in a lot better place than I was this time last year. And that was, I mean, this time last year was obviously training camp. So he was trying to get to know the system, trying to learn the coaches, trying to learn what they want. And so he was kind of, you know, already a little bit slow out the gates. And then with the injuries, like Rob pointed out, uh, that didn't help at all as he was trying to, to really be that guy that they wanted him to be as far as, the, you know, the giving him the contract extension and him going out there and being a key cog to that Raiders offense. It just wasn't there. One more soundbite from Hunter Renfro, then we'll get to Andre James. How about Aiden O'Connell? He's a guy that... He, he throws a nice ball. He's very strong out there. Obviously, he's very young. He's a rookie. Uh, he hasn't put the pads on one time yet, <laughs> right? But he's out there, and, you know, obviously, especially a day like today when there was no Jimmy G, you saw a lot of Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. So, really, as far as I'm concerned, that means I saw a lot of Aiden O'Connell because I know who Brian Hoyer is. I know what Brian Hoyer is, right? So it's not like I'm going to pay attention and think, man, maybe Brian Hoyer could at some point be the franchise quarterback. That's not in the cards. He's a coach. He's a coach on the field. He's a guy that's really trying to get Aiden O'Connell to speed and in case of emergency break glass, if there's a case where Jimmy G goes down and you need a guy for a game or two, then Brian Hoyer would be your guy. But if you need a quarterback for a long stretch, as far as I'm concerned, and this is something I heard on the morning tailgate this morning with Clay Baker and Lindsey Brown and Vinny Bonsignor as they were broadcasting live from the Raiders facility, if Jimmy G goes down, heaven forbid, for a long period of time, I'd rather just see them throw Aiden O'Connell out there just to see what he's got. If he's going to miss seven or eight games – or more, or whatever, again, not putting that out there on him, yeah, go ahead and let Aiden O'Connell rock just to see what he's got. I mean, if you got maybe one or two games, okay, fine. Then roll with uh, roll with Brian Hoyer because you know what he brings to the table. But as far as, you know, if it was a long-term situation, I would definitely roll with Aiden O'Connell. So uh, here's Hunter Renfro talking about the Aiden O'Connell progress. Yeah, Aiden's a, you know, he got drafted, I think, fifth round. So, uh, you know, fifth rounders are, I, I you know, I, that's a special place in my heart. But, you know, he's just been a guy who's stepped up um, in the in the huddle and just has that calm demeanor about him. And, um, you know, guys want to follow him. And he's been incredibly accurate, you know, since he's gotten here. Um, and so, you know, he's someone that, you know, how all this plays out. But he's someone who uh, who we believe in. And if he goes in there, then we'll follow. There's Hunter Renfro talking about Aiden O'Connell and, you know, ideally, he's not on the field at all in 2023. Ideally, neither is Brian Hoyer, right? It's the Jimmy G show, and you let him roll and see how everything goes. That's, that is the plan, right? And all, we all know that the plan is the plan uh, until you, someone punches you in the mouth and you got to change the plan. So, you know, adversity strikes in the NFL. It always does. Uh, each and every team, you just hope that the adversity that you have to deal with is not as much as the next team. How about the center, Andre James? Uh, has some good exchanges with him. You know, I had an opportunity to talk to him 
when they had the Raider content day inside the, the practice facility. It was JT the Brick, Eric Allen, and myself. And we had a chance to sit down with Andre James and thought that conversation was really good. It seems like he's really getting comfortable, you know, more and more comfortable each and every time he takes the, you know, the podium or, or he sits down and does an interview. It seems like he's getting a lot more comfortable. So uh, that was the same thing today. You know, he was laughing, joking, uh, but, you know, he was telling us some things as well, including the first couple days with quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, it's been awesome. You know what I mean? Uh, it was funny. It was literally like the couple of days ago, it was me and his first times getting snaps together. So, you know, we're, we're, we're working together. It's, uh, it's awesome working with a guy like that. He, he gives great feedback. He's a great leader in that huddle. He, he leads us real well. And uh, you, you want to block and play for a guy like that. So I'm excited to have him. So, again, you know, everything that we keep hearing about Jimmy G is very positive. You know, he's a great leader. Uh, you, you want to play and block for a guy like that. I mean, there's, there's a lot. And, again, I'm not trying to stir nothing up. I'm not trying to throw no shade at anyone. I'm not at all. So I don't want that to get twisted. And I feel like it sucks that I even have to throw a disclaimer out there, but I do want to do that. It just seems like everybody's aboard with Jimmy G. It really does. And, and again, it's only three days into practice, so maybe that changes. <laughs> three, you know, three weeks down the line, maybe they're like, yeah, this guy stinks. Or, man, this guy, whatever. You know, I, I don't know. But right now, and maybe because, like I said, it's early and it's like the first day of school, the first week of school. Everything seems like it's everything is good when it comes to Jimmy G. And you heard him say that, you know, just the other day, a couple of days ago, was the first time that, that he actually snapped the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo. So here's Andre James talking about that first snap. <laughs> yeah, two days ago. Two days ago was the first time. So, you know, it was actually funny. I was looking forward to it. I was thinking, like, uh, this past offseason, I was like, man, I didn't even snapped to him yet. So <laughs> two days ago was our first time, and it was good, man. We're just going to continue to keep working together. And, you know, the more reps you do, the more you get familiar with someone, and that's, that's what we're doing. And we're just going to continue to grow together, and it's going to be good. Andre James right there talking about the first snap, and Cassie Soto pointed that out earlier when we had her on the show when she was here at the facility saying that, you know, it kind of caught her off guard. But, look, Jimmy's been injured, right? He's been injured. He's been working his way back from the foot surgery. So uh, them getting out in the, in the park or, or even getting out on, at the facility on their own to the side and snapping the ball with each other was not something that was possible until he got physically cleared. And uh, he didn't get cleared, uh, you know, and pass his, his physical until, what, Sunday, which was – Five days ago, <laughs> six days ago, whatever the case is. I mean, man, so they literally have not had any time on the grass together. They weren't out there for mandatory mini camps together. They weren't out there for, uh, for OTAs. Uh, again, Jimmy G just now got onto the grass this week. So today would have been day three of Andre James snapping the ball to him, but Jimmy didn't participate in practice. So two days on, one day off. I'm sure they'll get back at it tomorrow continuing on with andre james here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 we're live at the las vegas aces their practice facility uh i said this earlier and I, it kind of blew my mind that everyone's talking about jimmy garoppolo is just one of the guys but even andre james says jimmy is just one of the guys man he's just one of the boys you know he comes in and he's he, he just kicks it with us and you know he's he's willing to hang out with us uh in the locker room you know he's, he's just an ordinary dude and that's what we love he's he, he's just one of the guys and i can't say too much more about that Andre James on Jimmy G just being one of the boys. Not the guys, one of the boys. <laughs> Let's get one more sound from uh, Andre James, and this is on undrafted free agent McClendon Curtis. Uh, him and Dalton Wagner are two guys that a lot of people are talking about. And, you know, I, I don't know what to expect from these two. Uh, I mentioned on uh, yesterday's show that I think uh, one of the undrafted free agents, either offensively or defensively, is going to be a starter in 2023. I just just kind of gut feeling, just kind of going out there on a limb. Uh, maybe McClendon Curtis is that guy. But here's Andre James talking about 
McClendon Curtis. You know, uh, he, he's a great player. He's uh, he's came in with the mentality of just to, to work and just to get after it. He, he asks the right questions in uh, the meeting rooms. And, uh, yeah, he absorbs all the information really well. Um, being an undrafted guy, he's coming in, you have to come in with that mentality. You know, I know myself. Uh, we've ha- you have to come in with that. And, yeah, he's, he's done everything the right way so far. So, proud of him. Andre James on McClendon Curtis. Again, him, Dalton Wagner. You know, there's a couple guys that are there uh, that are undrafted free agents that have an opportunity to make some noise. Uh, you know, Adam Plant, the young man out of UNLV, he's got an opportunity. A lot of people are talking about him on the defensive side of things. Right, Drake Thomas, the linebacker out of NC State, he's an undrafted guy. A lot of people are talking about him. Uh, there's multiple guys that are coming in by way of uh, you know being undrafted free agents and have a chance to make this team. And last year, four guys that were undrafted free agents all made the 53-man roster. So it doesn't matter how you get to the team; it's what you do once you get there. Uh, that's that's what determines if you make make the roster or not. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our good friend Bernard. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Bernard? Hey, Q, how you doing? I'm blessed, man. How are you? Good. Hey, I want to say a couple of quick things. Hey, Josh Jacobs, you know, we hopefully um, he gets gets into camp. Um, I think one thing with young players, I think Devontae even talked about it. You know, when you're going through contract you know, negotiations, it's kind of tough, you know, when you know that you played really well and then you're not compensated. So I just hope the fill-ins don't get mixed with the business part. And I think mm-hmm. as a young player, it's kind of hard, especially when, you, you know, you come from college. You got a scholarship, you're on a good team, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the NFL, it's kind of hard to separate those two. So hopefully, you know, and then when I seen Barkley sign this deal, I'm like, okay, Josh will probably do it. But then, you know, people tweeting stuff out. But I ain't going to pay too much mind to that. Hopefully, you know, I know he's working out. You know, he's a humble guy and he's prideful. So, you know, hopefully they can, you know, come to a, you know, a middle ground. And then I want to comment on, uh, you said that the Raiders need killers, right? I, I, I agree with you, and you say they need dogs. I agree with you on that too. Um, they got big dogs and they got little dogs. And there's something about it's something about Amik Robinson, man. He's a little dude, man, but he got you know that old saying it ain't about the, how big the dog is, about the fight in the dog. And yeah. Amik, he he got it, man. So I, I hope he, you know, got a lot of DB competition, and I hope he can, you know, perform and do what he do. But I, I think about that Denver game. When uh, Jerry Judy was kind of talking smack to him, and that's mm-hmm. the game, like the ball popped to his hands, he took that sucker back. He made a couple of you know uh, good pass breakups, and you know he 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 a dog. He's not the biggest dude, and just like your man McMillan, he wasn't the biggest dude, but he mm-hmm. you know he made plays. So uh, it's just something I got a, a sweet sweet spot in my heart for me, man, because he just plays his butt off. And I know last year you was like, man, is he gonna make the team? Yep, I doubted him. Yep, I yeah, sure did. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he made the team. And then one more thing about Jacobs. In uh, the first game of the year is against Denver. And I've been looking at like some old games from last year and looked at the, both of the Denver games. Denver, they, I, 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 they're hoping Jacobs do not play that game. Right. Because as good as their defense is, they don't have an answer for, for Jacobs. So, I mean, I hope he gets an account, man, because they, they don't have an answer for Jacobs. And it would be great for them to, to start a game the season off with a win for a change and not go 0 for 2, 0 for 1, or whatever it may be, because Denver just, they don't have a, a, a answer for Jacobs or Adams for that for that matter. So I'm looking forward to this camp, and we, I think they got a lot of talent in camp, which is refreshing, and I just feel like this staff, they, you know, they're going to play the best players. You know, we talk about Maury. You know, he's he going to have to earn his spot this year. He is, So yeah. that, I really like seeing the talent level, and people are going to compete. And with them having two of the uh, very best players in the league with Adams and Crosby, 
that, that that's a great starting point. So hopefully they can build from there and and prove these doubters doubters wrong and win you know nine, ten, eleven games. You know who knows? You know who knows? But I think they're going to be a lot better than people expect. All right, I like it, Bernard. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you, man. Hopefully you have a great weekend. And yeah, man, Trayvon Merrick. And I, I meant to mention that when uh, Raider Matt called in earlier. He's a guy, and I, I said it today as I was standing on the sideline, he's he's out there, but he's only out there, right? I mean, I haven't seen him make any plays. I haven't seen him around the ball, and I don't want to take too much from the first couple of days of practice. I don't. I, I keep saying that out loud, so I continue to remind myself that, <laughs> to not overreact to what I see from the first couple of days of practice. But I'll tell you, from what I've seen from him, he's playing that deep, that deep center field, and, I mean, he's there, and, and he's rallying around to the ball, but it's after the catch. It's it's the you know it's okay. Get the guy to the ground once he catches the ball. But by that time, it's eight, ten, twelve, maybe more yards. You know, down the field. That's a first down and then some. So I'd like to see him get involved in the mix and get more. You know, get get more involved in like pass breakups and and get his hands on the ball. And it's just it's something I don't know what's going on, but I do think that he's got a long. Uh, not a long way to go, but he's got a lot to prove. Let's put it like that. He really does have a lot to prove moving forward. And, and this camp, as I've mentioned multiple times, is going to be big for him. You mentioned Amik Robertson. And, look, last year when they got into to the fourth preseason game, it was against the Patriots. It was at Allegiant Stadium. I remember going into that game saying, all right, this is Amik Robertson's last game as a Raider. I, that was my exact words. And it wasn't. He went out there and he left it all on the field. And I even told him, like, hey, dude, I, I doubted you. Right. And after the game, I was like, man, you know, how do you feel? You, you know, you did. Do you think that you made the 53 man roster? He said, I don't know. I have no idea, but I know that uh, I don't have any regrets because I left everything I had out there on the field. And so he makes the roster. Uh, you know, he was doubted. So now he's got more competition in the room. So now he's got to go get after it. And, you know, that's why I highlighted that play that he made yesterday against Devontae Adams because he was fired up. You know, the crowd was oohing and on when uh, when Devontae stopped on a dime and, you know, kind of ran him off the route. And, and then all of a sudden he, he hustled back, got back in the play, and broke up the, 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 the ball, you know, broke up the, the, the potential completion. And so it, it was – he's got it. Like you said, uh, Bernard, he's got that dog in him, and he's definitely going to – he's going to definitely get after it. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Got a text from the 530. Is it just me or does anyone feel as though Renfro lacks mental toughness? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think that at all. I just think that last year he was in a bad place. And I think that that's okay. Sometimes that happens. right? I think all of us have gone through bad stretches at time where no matter what we do, it just doesn't seem like it's good enough. I, I could tell you I've put together probably, I don't know how many shows I've done in a row before where I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell's wrong with me, but that show sucked. <laughs> right? And I get angry. And I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. I was like, no, it was terrible. Right? And so, I mean, that's, I think that's where Hunter Renfro was last year where he just did not feel like he was putting – himself in a good position to succeed he wasn't helping out his teammates he you know he felt like he was letting them down and that's that's not what he wants to do and then of course being injured uh, as Rob pointed out I mean he got drilled by Kenneth Murray and he just never was kind of the same guy you know got his uh, ribs jacked up he had the concussion I mean there was multiple things that happened to Hunter in 2022 so I, I'm I'm excited to see how he competes during training camp. I mean, he was out there during mandatory minicamp. He was out there during OTAs. Obviously, he's out there at training camp, and he's doing his thing. But I want to see how he competes. I want to see how, uh, you know, it goes in, in preseason. And, and then, you know, you put the best guys out there. And that's all that you really can do. 421 is the time. We're here at the Las Vegas Aces facility as uh, their event that they had today uh, with the Mammo van is, is 
looks like it's all but wrapped up. I'm kind of in a position where if I look, I can't really look out the window, but it looks like everything is pretty much wrapped up. But it's been an all-day event here uh, at the ACES facility. And, again, they're just trying to give back to the community and make sure that uh, everything that is needed is needed. And that's something I know that's very very important. Uh, 422 is now the time when we come back. We'll get a couple sound bites from Jacoby Myers. We'll also hear from Patty Davidson, Bet Money Honey podcast. She's got that show out right now talking about sports betting and uh, betting lines and really focusing on uh, educating women when it comes to sports betting. That's all coming up here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm live here at the Las Vegas Aces training facility. It's right next door to the Raiders facility. I was there earlier today for a third day of training camp. Of course, tomorrow will be day four. But uh, then came over to the Aces facility as they had their event going on today, too. So just spent a lot of day on Raiders Way today, and that's okay. A lot of time on Raiders Way today, which is okay. Not mad at that at all. Join us now on the phone lines. Excited about our next guest is Patty Davidson, Bet Money Honey podcast. And, Patty, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I definitely appreciate you. Bet Money Honey, let me know a little something about your podcast that you got going on and who you're trying to feature and really focus in on with the podcast. Well, thank you for that question because, uh, you know, I've been in the sports industry for a long time. You know, I was here you know, 40 years ago or something, you know, when we uh, had no computers and so on and so forth. And so it was kind of a small industry, but the industry has exploded so much because now that you can bet in other states, of course, you know, and you've got apps on your phone and it's just the nature of it. But it was always like a, a man-ruled world, you know, women were like, mm-hmm. ooh, I don't even know how to bet. And But now that it's everywhere, I feel like that women should know how to bet because it's something that they're missing out on. No, it really is. And, you know, what made you, I mean, like you said, you've been around it for a long time and it was a smaller industry and now it's obviously large. But what made you feel like, you know what, I need to go ahead and educate everyone. I need to be up on game and educate everyone. I would just talk to people because, because I still love betting sports. You know, mm-hmm. I don't do it, you know, like for a living or anything, but I just right. like it because you put a wager on a game, guess what? All of a sudden it doesn't even know if you have a favorite team, you still like watching the game. <laughs> and it just makes it interesting. So I would talk to, you know, my friends, you know, women where I work and this, and they were like, man, I wish I knew how to bet. I wish right. I knew how to bet, you know, and I would say, well, you know, this is how you bet a basketball game. This is how you bet a baseball game. And now we have soccer. And think about everything that's happened right now, too. We have women's basketball that people are interested in. Right. So things have changed so much. It's like, why not teach them how to make a bet? Because you walk up to a counter and you say, I want to make a wager on uh, the Dodgers. Okay. And then all of a sudden the person behind the counter goes, "Uh, would you like that to be just a straight bet? Do you want that to be a money line bet? Do you want that to be an over and under bet? Do you want that to be, uh, you want to turn around and just walk away because you have no idea. (laughs) No, I know that's right. It's funny. I've heard people that, you know, have been, making that bet or trying to make that bet and not too sure exactly what they want to do. So, Patty, this is a great segue when someone says, well, what is the, you know, what is the, like, basically betting for dummies rules? What, what would you tell them? I try to break it down into, whenever I do my, my segments, into one item only. Just okay. one item. Just learn one thing, you know. And I also, I'm not teaching them who to bet. Right. I just want to teach them how to bet. And so I say, okay, let's just start with, right now it's baseball season, you know, and so I say, just start with baseball. You know, so walk up to the counter and say, 
you know, know this. Okay, here's my betting number. Here's my team, and know that if it's a, if they're the favorite, doubt it. I try to explain what's a favorite, what's an underdog. You know, so mm-hmm. it's very short segments. So, if you know that when you walk up and it's minus one sixty five, you're going to have to put up sixteen dollars and fifty cents to win your ten. And then I always say, and then if you want to do more than that, just add a zero, add a zero, add a zero. <laughs> you know, and so we do it that way. You know, and explain to them it, it, basically what is a favorite, what is an underdog, what yeah. is a total. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. There's no, and, and those are those are the basics. But sometimes you got to know the basics, right? Well, all the times you got to know the basics before you can get advanced in the in the sports mm-hmm. betting world. Again, Patty Davidson is our guest here. Bet Money Honey podcast that she has. So, okay, she you take the first step, which is you know kind of know the basics. Uh, what would be the next one thing that you teach? Then I go you know into what are like more exotic kind of bets. Okay. You know, so once you know the foundation, you know, it's like building a house. Once you've got the foundation down, then you can kind of start, you know, decorating and building it up a little bit. And so I say, okay, well, uh, what's a round robin? What's a parlay? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you calculate your parlay? You know, just, you know, doing it that way so that you can even have a little bit more fun. Like I just did one yesterday was how do you convert a money line into what you need to know how much you're supposed to be paid in a parlay and just, you know, breaking it down to very simple, very simple, very simple. And that way you say, well, you know, it might be nice to bet that one game, but oh my goodness, what if you had games all through the day, you know, and you just went, okay, I win this one, I win this one, I win this one. But the main thing is just to teach them a little bit of everything. You know, it's just, you can go to so many different sports. Let's say we go to race, you know, car racing, Mm -hmm. you know, auto racing, you know, it could be, and there's so, then you go into propositions. You know, it's like, okay, I can go into an, a race and just say, okay, I think this person's going to win. But, you know, that's like a, you know, that's like having a horse race. You know, you got how many people against you. Right. But what if you just said, I got two people. I'm just going to match them up. I think this one will beat this one. You know, there's just different aspects of it. You know, just try to get them comfortable with, oh, that's a proposition. <laughs> I could do that instead of betting the whole race. Right. Isn't it funny, Patty, that, you know, there was one point where talking about sports betting on the radio would be something that would be super frowned upon and probably get people fired. And now it's (laughs) like that's the that's the conversation. If you don't know how to even have a basic conversation about it, it's like, where have you been and what are you doing? I think it's that, too. And it's like I um, as I said, you know, I mean, it's football Sunday. Yep. And, you know, and here's all the guys, you know, they're betting their stuff and they're playing, you know, fantasy, doing whatever. And the female's going, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> and, I'm, and believe me, I'm, I never diminish females. I, you know, right. women are as smart as anybody, mm-hmm. but they've just never been in that arena. And so if you could bring them into the arena, now they're sitting there with them and, you know, and they're watching and it's just fun. It's right. good entertainment. And I, I always sell it as it's entertainment. You know, never, what I always say, Never bet with scared money, ever, ever. I'm know? scared money, by the way, Patty. That, that's my middle name is scared money. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yes. Well. <laughs> I tell them all the time. I, I agree with you. Scared money don't make money, but I always tell everyone I'm scared money, right? Yeah. I just <laughs> – I don't mind talking the conversation. I don't mind yep. looking at the lines. I don't mind determining some things by the lines. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Patty, it takes me too long to make some money. I'm, I'm always scared money. <laughs> I, I say just look at it as, as I'm going out to dinner or I'm going to a show. Right. That's, That's a good where point. you have to look at it, you know, I, so if yeah. you do it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And all you have to do is hit one parlay, and then you're like, oh, my God, this really was fun. You know, the joy right. of winning, right? Yes. That, see, that's the problem is that you win. And yeah. then, see, I've won a couple times, and then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, I could do this more often. And then yeah. all of a sudden I, you know, I get humbled really quickly. Well, Patty, I also like the fact that this is a lane that nobody else is in but you. Mm-hmm. Right? And so how important is that for you to be in this lane and, and really be the leader in the clubhouse when it comes to not only educating folks when it comes to, to betting, but – like you said, educating women because, well, you, you know, want to make sure that they're up on what they need to be doing as well. I think that it's really is, it's, I'm not so sure about the importance of it, but why not? You know, they should know, you know, if they, if that's what they want to do, you know, I, I grew up in the Midwest and believe me, it was a very men do this and women do that. Mm-hmm. And it's a different, it's a different era now. And, and so there's no reason that women shouldn't know these kind of things, how to bet. How to mm-hmm. talk about it, how, you right. know how you know just how how to have a good time. Real, to me, it's an entertainment value, and it's it's spending time together. If that sounds really weird, but if mm-hmm. you know if it's uh, if it's Thanksgiving, because we all know that we have certain games that we have on Thanksgiving, you know, and uh, and everybody's going, oh, look at this game, let's go watch it. And some people are going, well, why would I even want to watch it? I don't even like those teams. But if you put ten dollars on the game, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you like the team, right. you like the game, and it makes it fun and it's it's good interaction you know so everybody's just kind of hanging out together rooting for something together and so i think that um it's just a a diversity kind of issue even though that's an overused word but why not teach everybody and i think the other part is i have had so many women Mm -hmm. that i talk to that say man i really wish i knew how to bet but i have no idea no, that's important. Again, I guess important is not the right word, but it's it's good and it's it's valuable to to have the knowledge. And I think it's really cool that you're able to do this and you're putting it out there. And you've got the Bet Money Honey podcast. So uh, tell everyone where you can find the podcast. How often do you drop the podcast? Just give us a little bit more background on the show itself. Well, we're at least doing one a week, and okay. and the podcasts are more right now. They're like teaching moments, is what it is. So I'll I'll say a little bit about why we're teaching this today what it is, and then tell them how to bet a certain aspect is how I do it. Once a week for sure, and we have it on you know, many different outlets. If you just want to look at YouTube, it's Bet Money Honey Podcast, but you have to put all that in there. <laughs> you can go to Facebook. I do have a website that we're starting on working on. We are going to start a podcast pretty soon, and my first one is going to be in a couple of weeks because I get, I've been around a long time, and so I know some people that have been in the industry, kind of retired from the industry, but were here when it all started, when we were just doing handwritten lines, <laughs> there was no computers. Right. But I want to start bringing some of them on, too, just to give us some flavor and some stories. And so, again, it's just background, but, um, yeah, once a, once a week right now, for sure, we just we put something out there that teaches you at least one thing in betting. Bet Money Honey Podcast YouTube, Bet Money Honey on Facebook. You got uh, at Bet Money Honey Podcast on Instagram. And uh, you said you're working on the website, betmoneyhoney.com. Well, Patty, great stuff. Yeah. Really is. I, I really could appreciate what you got going on and what you're working on. And uh, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to get into some, uh, maybe some games. Maybe we'll get a handful of games and we'll get together and we'll talk about them. That would be fun. Q, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. It won't be the last one, Patty. We'll catch up again soon, okay? 
Okay, bye-bye. See you. There she goes. Patty Davidson right there. BetMoneyHoney.com is our website. BetMoneyHoneyPodcast. I think that's cool. It's cool. That's the only person in that lane doing that in, in that specific avenue, uh, trying to make sure that she educates women in the sports betting world. And I'll tell you, I, I said I was. I have no problem saying that I'm a. I'm scared money, right? I mean, look, I, I'm that dude. And I've said it so many times on the on the show that I'll go into GVR right around the corner from my house. I'll throw a hundred dollars into the slot machine. I'll play it. When I lose. Okay, I'm done. Right? <laughs> it's just that simple. My dad loves to, to, to uh, do sports betting. Loves it. Loves it. He'll go to the casino. He'll sit in the, the sports book for hours, and he'll put together a parlay. And, and it's fu- so funny because he, uh, the pressure's on me because he's like, well, you're the sports guy, so okay. What do you think about this one? What do you think about this one? All right, well, this is how many runs that they have to score in this game. All right, let's do this. And then all of a sudden we'll get like two – Two uh, games already won in the parlay, and then the pressure's on the third game. And so I'm sitting there sweating. It ain't even my money, and I'm sitting there sweating. So I know that it's not my lane, <laughs> right? When, when I'm struggling and I know it's not even my money, and I know it's just, hey, look, he's going to lose his money, but I know that I gave him the advice. It, it's all bad. So, uh, But it is a lot of fun, and, you know, I think that with what, uh, what Patty's doing and, like I said, uh, ha- having women educated on how to bet as well. And, and you don't have to have all these, uh, like, fancy details and everything and know every kind of lingo. I mean, just I, I say, you know, betting for dummies, you know, if I could understand it, anyone could understand it. You know, again, uh, but I am still scared money, and I have no problem with that. Ari is scared money. Ari, are you scared money, or you, you like to – Put a wager down there once in a while, too. Uh, I would probably be more scared money, but you also wouldn't catch me putting 100 anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm, like, super scared money. <laughs> I'm the, hey, look, I respect it. There's I will certain say, things I don't mind spending money on. I will say my, my dad taught me the same thing. Like, you just, whatever money you're about to bet, consider it gone, and that's, like, that's right. a good way to, yeah. I mean, I yes. had a little fun when I first got here at, like, 19. I You know, I played right. some slots, did... I won like 90 bucks at the blackjack table, and I was like, this is the greatest. I'm never going to top this. I'm going to just stop. So I pretty much, you know, right. every now and then I'll throw a couple bucks in to get that free drink at a bar. But there you go. That, 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 I'm scared. That, I, I ain't mad at you. Yeah, that's, that's what you got to be comfortable with, right? Whatever you're going to bet, just be comfortable with losing it. And don't bet more than you're willing to lose, right? I mean, I think that's the biggest key. Do not bet more than you're willing to lose. Don't try to be that guy that, well, I lost this, but I'm going to make it up here. No, Once you not. start chasing money <laughs> – it is a wrap. <laughs> There's nothing worse than trying to chase money. Don't do it because you are not going to win. But uh, there you go. Uh, Patty Davidson, definitely appreciate her time. 4.40 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a couple sounds that I want you to hear from uh, J- Jacoby Myers. And then we also have reason or excuse uh, that my man Ari is going to close out the show with on this Friday, live from the Aces facility. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Still had my fox hat on and not my coaching hat on. We've had a great offseason relative to that, you know, and I've been preaching that message and here I am, the veteran, you know, stepping in it. It was it was a learning experience for me. It was a mistake, obviously. I needed a little bit more filter. You know, I said what I said, and obviously I needed it a little bit more restraint. And uh, I regret that. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. You hear that sound? That's the sound of Sean Payton backpedaling. <laughs> you ever seen a defensive back backpedaling on the snap? Sean Payton was going faster than that. That's how much he was backpedaling after all the scorched earth statements he made to Jared Bell, who, oh, by the way, Jared Bell is one hell of a writer. I mean, it's not like he sat down and, and had a conversation with me and I wrote, out, I wrote those, uh, <laughs> those things that he had to say, and, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, man, he said some things. No, you said it to Jared Bell. Jared Bell, I mean, he's, he's been around for quite a while. He is an award-winning writer. 
So, I mean, yeah, he, he might have, like he said, his words, not mine, stepped in it. His words, might, not mine, had his Fox hat on still. You also got to read the room, dude. <laughs> you got to also know who you're talking to and who you're communicating with when you're starting to, you know, go scorch earth on people. And, you know, the thing about it is he wasn't necessarily wrong at all with what he had to say about Nathaniel Hackett being a mess. Now, he didn't have to call him out by name. He could have just said the Broncos, this team that I'm in charge of, were terrible last year. They had, did a lot of things wrong, and we've got to correct it. Also, even though he's walking it back, it was a lot of it was calculated as well. So let's not get it twisted. There's plenty of calculations there for one reason or the other. One, trying to make sure, you know, take a little bit of the heat off of Russell Wilson and also take a little bit of heat off himself. If things don't get turned around quick, fast, and hurry, like if the Raiders go to Denver and beat him week one, well, you know, there's a lot to clean up here. There's a big mess that was going on here. It's not, it's not all Russell's fault. It's definitely not all my fault. It's that guy in New York. Nathaniel Hackett, he was terrible. So he has some calculations. He knows what he's doing. He ain't no dummy. But uh, that, that was funny, the way that everything you know, switched so quick, and he started backpedaling faster than the story got out. Before everyone got a chance to read the damn story, he's already backpedaling. But that's for another day. I uh, did want to play a couple sounds from uh, Jacoby Myers, and we've, talked, uh, we've heard from everybody today except for Daniel Carlson. Uh, but Hunter Renfro, Andre James, Daniel Carlson, Jacoby Myers all met with the media earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center following Raiders practice. So just a couple sounds here from Jacoby Myers as we close out things uh, on this Friday. And the first one is about, well, Jimmy G, as everybody has been talking about uh, Jimmy G. And we've asked everyone about Jimmy G because you got to. It's the first time in nine years that there's a new quarterback under center. So here's Jacoby Myers on getting acquainted with one Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it was great, honestly. We kind of trying to get this process of growing together. I'm trying to understand him. He's trying to understand us. So hopefully we can all get on the same page and put a good product out there on the field. The one thing about Jacoby Myers is you're never going to get a long, lengthy answer from him. <laughs> right? I mean, he, there's one answer, and I'm not sure if we're going to have time to play it or not. There's going to be one answer where he's like, that's a long answer, and it was like 20 seconds. <laughs> so I, was, I remember sitting there thinking, like, that wasn't very long. But, okay, uh, you know, he just, he's just not going to give you real long answers, and that's okay. Everyone doesn't have to do that. Uh, that's actually fine. But uh, here's Jacoby Myers uh, talking about the wide receiver room and the fact that, well, it's a really it's a deep receiver room. So uh, here he is. What's up, Doc? On the, uh, yeah, here's Jacoby Myers on the receiver room. It's a, definitely a smart room. And not even just like the top, it's not a top heavy room. Like actually the guys who most people wouldn't think to name are kind of some of the guys who got a lot of talent and make a lot of plays or smart guys and they'll probably be the first ones to answer questions. So it's it's been actually a good challenge, you know, just making sure I gotta be in there on my stuff every day because I know every guy from the top down is gonna be on their job. So it's been fun. True. So that's really just the answer on the receiver room itself. The, he, he will talk about the deep uh, wide receiver room. We're going to actually do that one next. But, yeah, he's just talking about the fact that everyone is on their game. Everyone is smart in that wide receiver room. And, I mean, think about it. Devontae Adams is the leader of the room, so you already know what he brings to the table. Hunter Renfro, we've talked about quite a bit on the show. We know what he brings to the table when he's on, on point. Right, of course, Jacoby Myers is in the room. He's been a number one in New England for the past few years. He's not a number one with the Raiders, but he, he's been that guy. So he, he knows the different dudes, and, and, and even the undrafted guys, even the guys that may not have the bigger names, they still have some, some juice that they could bring to the table. Trey Tucker, obviously, is the, is the rookie that the Raiders drafted, and, and this guy, I mean, he's got wheels, right? He's not the biggest dude, but he's got wheels. So here's Jacoby Myers talking about being a part of a very deep wide receiver room. I mean, yeah, definitely. All the time, I mean, like, I don't just say it's fun because that's what I'm supposed to say. Like, I truly am enjoying watching every guy in there compete. Like, they, like, truthfully, from the top down, like, there are some really talented players in that room. So, it's a lot of guys being slept on. I just, just watch them sleepers in the room, man. They, them undrafted guys, they can ball. They can, they smart. 
play hard. Like they do a lot of things right. So, I mean, long answer, but yeah, I am excited to be with them and watch them play. <laughs> long answer, 27 seconds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But there you go. He's talking about having fun in that room, but then it's it's deep, right? And, and there's a lot of different styles of wide receiver in that room. Just got a couple more from him real quick as we're closing out the show. Uh, how about learning from Devontae Adams? And he hasn't been working and playing with Devontae for very long, but uh, he's, he's, he's learning from him. And Devontae is that guy that will basically teach everyone. He's very humble. Even though he's a superstar, he'll teach everyone. So here's Jacoby Myers talking about what he's learned from Devontae Adams. I mean, that's – he's just a pro, honestly. All the good things you hear about him, those aren't things people just randomly said. Like, he earned every compliment I feel like he got, honestly. So, he attacked the game well. He could do a lot of things on the football field. And I see why he get paid the big bucks, truthfully. Like, he, he, he one of them guys, like, they say he good, and then he come out and show that he good. So, it's been a lot. Honestly. I couldn't, I could sit here and name it all day, but I know y'all want to go home. <laughs> I know y'all want to go home. <laughs> Jacoby Myers is pretty funny. Like, low-key, he's pretty funny. And I don't think he's trying to be funny. He just – it's just kind of his personality, just the way that he, you know, responds and, and, and talks in general, right? I mean, even when he had the interaction with Eric Allen uh, on Raider Content Day and Eric said, well, how you uh, – you know, how do you get open? He's like, I just get open, you know? He's like, well, okay, well, I'm a defensive back. I study. I watch film. I know I know what you like to do, what you like. Yeah, but, you, you know, you're going to do this and do that. I'm just going to get open. Like, I'm just going to find a way to get open. And I think that that is a big key to this Raiders offense this year is that a guy like Jacoby Myers is not the most – uh, athletic dude. He's not, or not, not athletic. He is very athletic. He's not the fastest dude. He's not the burner, right? He, but he's a guy that will always get open. He'll make himself available for the quarterback. And that's all that you need to do, especially in an offense like this where Jimmy's just going to try to get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible and then let a guy like Jacoby Myers sit down in a, in a spot, make himself available, get the ball, and then go. I think that's going to go a long way. One more sound real quick from uh, Jacoby Myers, and then uh, we'll let Ari take over and maybe hit you with the, the day of the day or whatever whatever Ari's got cooking. He's got a grab bag over there that uh, I don't even know what it is. So uh, the final sound bite from wide receiver Jacoby Myers is my question, and I've been focused on the defensive side of the ball all week long. All three days so far, that's all I've been talking about is defense and, of course, the addition of Marcus Peters. So uh, here's Jacoby's My Jacoby Myers' thoughts on the defensive backs and the addition of Marcus Peters. They want to compete. You know what I mean? One day, it's like every day, they get better. You know, that first day, it's all right, this is what we're working with. The next day, I was like, why didn't you show this yesterday? And then today, it was a whole nother level. So, I mean, they're getting better every day, which is great. You know, I'm happy for them. That's going to push us to get better every day. So, I'm proud of what we got. There you go. That's talking about the defensive back room real quick. Uh, when it comes to, you know, the guys that are out there competing against Jacoby in practice each and every day. And, again, they, they are willing to compete, I think, is the best way to sum it up, the way that Jacoby Myers just said. They're willing to compete. They're willing to get after it. That's exactly what they do. So uh, there's that from uh, Jacoby Myers. Earlier you heard from Andre James and also one Hunter Renfro. All right, Ari, right, uh, you only got a couple minutes left in today's show and the week. What do, you, what do you got for me? It's time for a reason or excuse on Unnecessary Roughness. <laughs> All right, let's, there you go. Go uh, ahead, man. Uh, Reason or excuse, knock it out. I'll let Sylvia do the work for me. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Uh, we'll do one real quick. This is an interesting one. Simple. Paul Feinbaum now declares that the Pac-12 will no longer be, quote, no longer be a Power 5 conference after 2023 uh, with Colorado's departure. Is that a reason or excuse? Um. Hmm. Colorado's going to the Big 12. Um, USC and UCLA are going to the Big 10. Um, 
I think, no, I see, I think it's going to be, well, I don't know, because where's San Diego State? Where's UNLV? Are, are they going to depart out of the Mountain West? Are they going to go to the Pac-12? Are they going to go to the Big 12? I've heard uh, a couple more programs could go to the Big 12 because Oklahoma and Texas are going to the SEC. There's a, it's a big arms race going on right now, right? So I guess what Feinbaum was trying to say is that the Pac-12 won't necessarily be a Power 5 anymore because of all the departures. I mean, I guess that's a real reason. You know, I, the excuse—the excuse for all the moving and shaking in college football is money, <laughs> right? right? It's all about money. It's all about the greenbacks. It's all about the almighty dollar. That's at the end of the day. That's all any of this is ever about—is moving and shaking, trying to get the most money that the, the the program could generate in whatever whatever conference makes the most sense and makes the most money. Because necessarily, it doesn't always make sense. I don't think Texas and Oklahoma have any business going to the SEC, but that's me. We'll see. That's good clickbait, if nothing else, because it's a very definitive statement. It is no longer a Power Five conference. So. I would, you know what? I would say, ask Lincoln Kennedy what he thinks about that. <laughs> right? A big, a Pac-12 Pac alum. I think he'd probably have a little something, something to say about it for sure. But yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, subject right there. All right, before we wrap up, I know we only got like ten seconds or whatever. What day of the day is it? Today? <laughs> it is National Milk Chocolate Day. Ari's favorite kind of chocolate. I'm usually contrarian in these kind of things. It's the most popular, and it is the best. I don't care what you say about dark chocolate. Good night. All right. Well, I'm not a candy guy, so I'll let you drop the mic. That's it. That's the for us. Have a great weekend. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Rare Nation Radio 920. See ya.